deepest secrets, concerns of being a black woman, Negro, Hebrew in America. So come and listen to us. Check us out. We are here to serve you. Barakatha. Kiva and Kahawia. We are K and K Real Talk. And we are deconstructing the book, The Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man by Sister Shahrazad Ali. So if you haven't reached reached out to Amazon or a local bookstore and got the book, you need to get the book to really understand mm-hmm. what's happening here as we discuss and brainstorm how we can be better black women so our black men and this book is solely for us to understand why the black man shows up the way he does in relationships and in life mm-hmm. so we're at chapter six employment now before sister mm-hmm. Sharazad break it down this is a heavy that's what Mr. <laughs> Kahabi is like hmm because it is loaded and normally I'm like 100% down with Sister Shavazar views on our current situation or the situation she perceives at the time when she wrote the book however I'm not in agreement to this chapter in totality at all we'll get to it when we do but let's start off with the questions for the black and you know what hold up before we even get into that I'm glad that you addressed that point because I was thinking at what point will we address because Listeners, we tell y'all to do your own research. We do our research too. Mm-hmm. We may seem like, you know, oh yes, yeah, the Ali, sister Ali, yeah, we down, we down. We down to an extent. Okay. 
when things come up that we disagree with, we're going to disagree and we're going to talk about it. We are not yes women. We are not just out here. Oh, whatever you say, it sounds good. So it must be. No, (laughs) it can sound good and it needs to check out too. So, but thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Um, so let's talk. Let's read these questions, Sister Sharazad. Um, brought up for black men to figure out, or at least think about. One: Are you qualified to perform a certain job? Two: Do you know how to make money legally? Three: Can you survive if the white man fire you? Four: Do you spend any of your money in a black-owned business? Five, are you making any plans for hard times? Six, are you destroying our people just to make money? Seven, which comes first, your children or your wardrobe? Eight, do you help your parents? I think these questions for everybody. <laughs> Listen, valid. <laughs> valid. Oh, man. But you know what? They offer everybody, but they are going to start with him since he is our leader. Yes. He does need to um, figure out what is going to be the best way to approach answering these questions. And not just answering them, but when you answer these questions, you'll have a plan in place for you know how you're going to respond to these questions. Um, because answering is just verbal you know you know what's so funny I'm gonna share something with you that I think I'm also going to um, my mind is starting to change with Sister Sharazad Ali when it comes to the black man's leadership Mm -hmm. um there is the debate whether he is truly the sole heir of leadership and I just want our listeners from now of how I'm perceiving it to be, because at first when we went through the black um, man's God to understanding the black woman, it was like, he's the leader, let him lead. Bam. But now when I compare life, history, and my own personal experiences from listening to others and my, you know, and just going through my own situation, I see us being co-collaborators. Honey, I'm so glad you came to that point because ho, 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 only when I was saying, like, back in the yellow book, um, like, all right, yeah, he could lead, but we partners. Yes, <laughs> like, we are partners. If I'm the helpmate, I can help his leadership. Mm-hmm. I can lead alongside him. Mm-hmm. My only thing was, I can't lead alongside you if I don't agree with your leadership to begin with you still have to lead too i don't want to be leading by myself now i did like the fantasy black man she spoke of because you know that that is like the dream like god that has his business in order that you don't have to worry about anything but in this day and age in life we live today you need two heads to figure out this situation and oftentimes you have one person more serious in a relationship than the other. So I think it's great that she lists those, like those questions should actually be qualifiers for those who are in the dating world. Like what, mm-hmm. these are great questions in the dating world to figure out how to choose someone based on That's your true. needs and wants. Because it's hard to bring somebody up 
to your level of mental growth or your level of just consciousness when they did not put in any work. And then if they mm. start to put in the work, but you had the work in for the past five years, y'all don't balance out. And you're going to get exhausted trying to pull them up to see things the way you see it when they're just not ready yet. They haven't blossomed there yet. They have to go through those channels that you yourself went through. So it's a reminder that when you out there and you haven't, you don't have a like-minded individual and you find your spirit being drained, constantly trying to get that person to see things your way, it's unfortunate, but you will have to let that spirit, that person, that being go. And I'm saying that straight off the rip from my own heartache and experiences. There, there was a love in my life that I wanted and committed to. I talk about him all the time. 15 year commitment. I did a bid with him and I did not want to let him go. But he was, me loving him was killing me. Mm. And that, I, I, why martyr myself for a love that I would never see? And then I, it only took me to bear a child and, and the love that I have for my daughter to realize, no, I need to live and show her how it is to live so she can model this behavior. I didn't like the woman I was that I was with her dad, which is the reason why I left. I wanted her to pick better than me, to choose better mm-hmm. than me. So I had to be the example. And when you realize you need to change and move forward, Sister Kahavia say it all the time, it is not easy. It is hard as hell. Honey, and it's going to knock you upside so hard. Mm. Yeah, it is. Honey. So these are, you know, we, 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 we like to bring the seriousness back into what we're talking about because we're, Everyone is in their world of making money, grinding, learning new skills. But if your house is not in order, your foundation is not there, you're not going to be able to grind at full potential. You're going to be limited in your ability because you're battling your foundation. Your foundation needs to be brick solid. So that's what we're working on. The Black family needs to be a cohesive unit. This fragmented stage that we've been living for the past 400 plus years, it has to end for us to see progress. And it's not so much, and I'm glad we're talking about this too, because my darling and I had a conversation. When we say black, we're talking about our experience, being Negro, Negro, Hebrew, black Americans currently living in the USA. But what we're sharing is universal far as whatever culture or creed you come from, if you have family issues, these are the things that you need. It's probably going on in your world and in your life. Mm-hmm. So it was not a racial thing. We take, in, take on the account of our racial experience. Me being a black woman is different from a, a lifestyle of an Asian or a white woman. They're going to have different experiences than me. So for me to identify who I am in this being, yes. But the dice are loaded when it comes to the global front of war. But we can get into that a whole mm-hmm. nother <laughs> Whole a whole other day. other day, but we're gonna focus on family today. Um, so yes, those are the questions that you guys should look into. And 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 I would use if I was in a dating world. So into this chapter says employment. You know what, honey? That was a hell of an intro. Let's just go on. 
take a praise, make that Okay, one. great. And then we come back and then dive in. Because yeah. I do like when we have, you know, music playing throughout the show and not just talking, 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 What you feel, make sure you know the difference from your wants and needs. You like your free, so why not me? Just afraid of what's beyond the world we see. Knowledge is free, wisdom takes time. I got a lot of things that cloud up in my mind. No time to hide. Go if you peel away, just might heal what's inside. I've fallen high, I've fallen low. I get back up and keep it going. Got that soul. There is no flow, only see sky. I'm resilient and they cannot figure why. So bright, can be filled with a cup full of pain. Might sleep close to the edge, shed the tears in the night. Use the pain as a ship set of chains. There's no name for the space in the mind that feels weak with help. They all call your name. Smoke some herb, have a drink, scream and shout. We might do, but to feel that would be insane. How about we change? Tired of saying, not quite liberated from those mental chains. I know you're. Walked in that lane Can't repeat the steps And expect things to change We fallin' high We fallin' low We get back up and keep it going Got that soul There is no soul Only see sky You're resilient and they cannot figure why Faith and fear, your mind they want to near. No one can keep you down. Stand tall and wear your crown. I say, lose, lose all faith and fear. Your mind they want to near. No one can keep you down. Stand tall and wear your crown. Life is a balanced thing. Working out all those in. That voice in your head Don't need that extra proof Don't let the lines keep you from your natural flow Just go, 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 go Not quite liberated Get there one day Not quite liberated We'll get there someday
Honey, yes. I think that was the perfect song. Libby Bay Lou, not quite liberated. Yeah. But we're going to get there. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're moving. We're getting there. And to piggyback off what we were just talking about, when you are in that space, don't look for, pe- for people to give you permission to leave. Or even mm-hmm. wait for approval or validation because you may have your whole world telling you, nah, you good. He good. She Listen, good. And when you're in that space and you feel like you're ready to leave, don't don't feel defeated and don't feel like you can't. Don't feel like there's nothing better than that. Because there is. There always is. Yes. But you have to choose better. You can end up choosing the mm-hmm. same clown, different circus. If you not, if you mm. really are not in the position of growth and change, and that happens often too, people run from one relationship to the next. Oh, same circus, different yeah. clown. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I said it backwards, <laughs> but it probably still applies. <laughs> <laughs> Look at show will somewhere. <laughs> oh man! Mm. So employment, guys employment sister Mm. Shavazad she starts off the chapter talking about a brother named Tony Brown in 1991 she said that he did some research and figured out what were the most successful small businesses now this is pretty outdated based on the time frame we're in today but nonetheless she's I would say it's really not that outdated it's still the same Dr. Floyd Anderson right the numbers may be outdated um, as far as you know, the amounts made mm-hmm. annually, but the percentages are still the same. So, of course, the Asians are top tier when it comes to small businesses. Then they list the Hispanics, and then the black man is considered to be last in place. And generally, mm-hmm. we own within the nation's wealth. This is Dr. Claude Anderson Staples' message to the black community: is that we still own less than 2% of the nation's wealth. We're still the largest largest consumers ever. And mm. for me going in, you know, being sucked into the world of go to college, get your degree. I took some business courses and they literally had in class, like a marketing class, a chapter on how to sell to African-Americans. Not how to sell a Hispanics, how to sell an Asians, or any other culture. It was how to sell to African Americans because we're the trend starters. If we say it's a go, it goes. So it's amazing how much power we truly have, but we misuse our power, which is fine for us to do so based on where we can't, what has happened to us because we've been stripped from so much. It's, it's not surprising anymore. Um, Sister Shabazzar, she talks about how the black man, you know, unfortunately, he would rather die and go to hell. And go to hell. <laughs> Before mm. he places his Show, money yeah. in the hands of another black man. We have a mm-hmm. huge issue in um, in, in trust, trust with each and, other. And with, each, with each other. And mainly with finances, at least where I see it in our families, we don't have true financial literacy. So there is a mismanagement of funds. So if I do make mm-hmm. my dollar and I know that you don't know how to use it, I'm not too certain if I should give it to you. And she said that, you know, this is something that we need to 
to work on. She said that the black men or the youth, you know, they they are often untrained and unqualified to be in a position where they can compete and work in the in the job world and that their pecking order tends to be on the lower scale and that women now are outranking them in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And she said that, and a lot of the women that are, sadly, they're not choosing black men. Yes, they're not. They're trying to pony up and fancy up a white folks. Yeah. Get them a white husband or, you know, a different, um, well, a husband from a different ethnic background. And there were laws. She mentioned an old law in 1931. I'm sure there may be some that exist where it banned the employment of white women um, just so that the white male can be able to take care of his family. And that was through the National Education Association. Uh, excuse me, they reported that, that there were bans in cities um, for white women to work. So they do help at in the past, they help because right now it seems to be an attack on all classes. Um, regardless of color mm-hmm. but she's she pretty much just says that historically there has been um, procedures or systems implanted for the black man not to be able to compete with the challenges of him being able to maintain money and work within the workforce um, it's not easy route for him and she said that you know, if he does do well um, in the workforce, that he's slighted and labeled as, as as if he's conceited, he's arrogant, or he thinks that he's better than everyone else. You know what? And I will say, so in my experience, a lot of times they get that label because that's how they behave. Yeah. They, you know, some of them start to behave as though, oh, look, I'm accepted. Like, I'm the exception. Like, we all had this opportunity. I did something with it, and you didn't. And that's slightly... Well, she she kind of say that he, he has this supersized ego because the world is against him in a way of not helping him live out his birthright, which is to provide for himself and family. So... He has to overcompensate, and he does it with his personality and his and his wit. And when he has the finances, unfortunately, a lot of the brothers abandon the black family to maintain the right. So that was my point. Like I understand why he does that, but do that, you know, among other people. Don't do it around your people. Yeah. You should want to say, "Listen, I made it. Let me show you how you can make it too." That is true. Let me, you know, share some information with you. Let me share some knowledge with you. My brother, my sister, my son, my daughter. Instead of just, you know. And you. how And and that's something that should be practiced, especially in a corporate world. But then brothers have to be willing to take on the attack. Because I know at least as, um, like, within the fire department, there has been a massive amount of black firefighters going in. But in the midst of them pulling brothers inside they've been limiting the resources like they changed the pension plan they changed a lot of the benefits that 
the when it was a whole white industry, it was much better than it is currently. And I'm speaking mm-hmm. on New York City firefighters. Um, in the corporate world, you know, brothers is like is some brothers are uncomfortable bringing in their own because they don't want to take on the financial attack or career advancement attack that may occur from bringing their own. So it is a touchy situation. And Sister Sharazad said that, you know, this is the things that brothers exist, that experience in their craft. And many, oftentimes, if they do well, they're the only black person in that industry to do well. And, um, or within that circle group. And she says that the brothers, they are only encouraged freely to showcase their superiority is when they play sports. Outside of playing sports, they have to pretty much coon and get along with things that they don't want to get along with and not show that camaraderie or that brotherhood as they are allowed to show within the sports arena. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is something to take into account and to just be mindful of why it's so important for Black men to try to have any some type of independence of something that they need to survive. Because I think about my infancy stage of life of needing everything from a store down to toilet tissue. Mm. There is nothing that I supply that I need that I can sell currently. So I'm also part of the problem. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, and I want mm-hmm. our listeners to know we don't read this book and speak to you as if we were on the, the pulpit at the podium. <laughs> And this is what you need to do. No, we're learning with you. This is a learning curve. Listen, because I often think about like, okay, so some of the things that I'm doing now, yes, I'm doing them and I'm learning how to be, you know, like self-sufficient in this area to where I can provide in this area. But what happens if I run out of supplies? How do I create the supply? Then I get stuck. Because <laughs> like, we don't have our own, uh, you know. When you other cultures, they have their own land and culture to go back to to pull from. We're in this foreign space, and mm-hmm. it, you know, truly, they don't know what to do with us. We just been making it, <laughs> just surviving here. <laughs> but there's no plan. There's been no true apology or reparations or you know. Well, no, because if they had their way, we would still be how we or the, or the crack. They really thought they was going to wipe us out with the crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. It backfired and started. Then the yeah. heroin. Or the heroin first, yeah. then the crack cocaine. So, you know, since the shower is out, she keeps going through the experiences, the negative experience of a typical black, the negative experiences the typical black man will face when going for employment. So she just shares how the system isn't set up for him to do well. And oftentimes, if he is doing well, he has to coon his way through. And she says that, you know, Black men, they're talked to differently in the workforce. You know, they have to laugh at Mm -hmm. jokes that they don't want to laugh at, especially racially motivated jokes. They don't have to, but this is what brothers experience and deal with because they don't want to risk not having employment. Right, this is what they do to maintain cohesion. Exactly. She said that um, at mostly at every job site, you know, you have brothers that, you know, they tend, they're spoken to differently, they're not getting paid equally as their white counterparts. And that, 
they have they're in a mental state where their ego is constantly being um, attacked, and the knowledge that they have about their you know their skill set or their ability to work or the goods and services that they provide, he's not in a position to independently do it on his own. He hasn't been. Um, and she said that he has lacked the knowledge of even wanting to be independent of the system. It's like now it's just to work, the, the black men going into, going into employment solely to work for someone else. They really have the desire and idea to go on on their own. This is according to Sister Shahrazad Ali, that he's been trained to work for others. And that he just forgot to just reclaim his independence. And she's encouraging brothers to try to take ownership over any type of resources that they need um, so that they can kind of separate themselves. And she said that in when we did have, because if you look at most of um, the inventions that occurred, um, she said they were by Black people. She said, however, they weren't capable of monopolizing those industries that they gave it all away and i don't agree with that in totality but we'll keep going with what she's saying um this is charizard mm -hmm. she also talks about um freeing the body and freeing the mind are two completely different motions mm, honey that was yeah. weird that was the word and not just as it relates to this topic that's the word period like when it comes to change and figuring out are you a slave and she got that book too yeah she does because we don't really you know a lot of us a lot of brothers and sisters don't want to talk about nothing serious you know it's like man it's just damn like i don't want they always got me something. oh that's so depressing mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about that your lifestyle is depressing. <laughs> Let's talk about that. But <laughs> oh god, she said she said right now the black man who refuses to work, um, he tends to do the some of the followings that um he explained the reasons why he can't work. He can't find a job that pays him enough, or he pretends to be injured and, and stay on workers' comp for as long as he can. Um, he'll play crazy mm -hmm. to get unlimited free drugs and sympathy because um, the system will give you money when you choose not to do well, which is ridiculous. I mean, you choose not mm -hmm. to pay your rent for a few months at a time, you'll get support versus the person. As long as you show up with your mm -hmm. caseworker, as long as you show up to this little program. And it's like the people who want the, you know, like who need the help and want the help, you know, through some of these programs. Don't no, qualify because they ain't doing that. Like they can't <laughs> qualify the way the system yeah. is rigged. Because I remember going on a, the employment, um, the welfare line myself, trying to get help to pay my rent because I didn't want to be in the arrears. I didn't want my rent to be late, and they said I needed to wait two months for my rent to be late before mm. they'll pay. And I'm like, this is what I'm trying to avoid. Why am I getting help? Why you shouldn't even give me help if I waited that long? <laughs> you should give me help when I'm proactive, mm -hmm. but that's not how it work. At least in this, when you these are the reparations that we only have. And then the help they give you, they don't they don't give you back pay for being late. No, no. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, she says that, you know, the black man, he has to mentally um, separate. Oh, he has to learn how to separate his enslaved mentality to a free mind of thinking. And that goes back into us constantly saying it's good to read this book, but it's more important to read multiple books or just seek information online. Google anything and do the mm-hmm. research. I would would say, too, to be mindful of who you read from because I like people who were attacked. Like Sister Sharazad, when she came out with this information, she was attacked verbally, career-wise, like Black community, where everybody was attacking her work. Those are the works I like to read because when it's, when it's speaking mm-hmm. so much truth, people don't want to air it out. When it's dumbfounded, then they'll broadcast it to everybody. Honey, it's on every radio station. It's on every commercial. It's everywhere. It's so saturated. It's and it's commercialized. Yeah, it is. So we have, you know, that's one of the ways to to choose the people you want to study from. Most of the authors that I like to study from, they've gone through some type of war within their career trying to get the information out there, and I think those are worthy brothers and sisters to look into. But she said, our black men—they're not taught how to prepare steps to complete a task. And many times they just stuck in the the infancy stage of just a dream or an idea, but they don't know how to execute it into a reality. And she said that, you know, that Mm -hmm. is emasculating and and it freezes them mentally. And it's unnatural for them to not be able to provide. So it creates them to be hostile in their approach with life because they're not able to do what they know that they're supposed to do. They know that they're supposed to take care of the family. Um, she also mentions that, you know, there are black men who, who tried who even more successful. They have black business. So we, we spoke on the brothers of all the reasons why they don't pass, don't make it an employment world. But then you have the brothers that they do well with their jobs and they do well to a point that they have their own business. And now they're trying to come mm-hmm. back and pull brothers in. So now these are the brothers that got it. They got the business. They figured it out. They went through those channels. And when they hire their own people, they notice a pattern that they play around too much. They're tardy. They take too long of lunch breaks. They playing around. They lie. They take off of work for invalid reasons. Invalid reason. They steal your mm-hmm. shit. Undermine their efforts. They wasteful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They talk to you like, come on, brother. Like, mm-hmm. what? Argue back, sleep, Sir. untidy, wasting materials, and just have a, a lax of daisical attitude. Mm-hmm. And we all know that we have these issues because every every black comedian has used these examples in their mm-hmm. comedy routines. And while yes, it's funny to laugh at, this is still ongoing yeah. with many of us. Like we have to be proactive about our behavior because she also talks about how the black man gets frustrated with us because we wouldn't dare do that shit to white folk. We wouldn't dare do that in nobody else's establishment. In their establishment, we act right. But in our establishment, we act last. Which is crazy to me. We we and and I I have a a cousin who her, her dream job was to be a nurse for babies dream job 
and she finally got the job but the job is challenging and it's making her work hard as if she's in school so instead of her staying in that field and grinding it out and working hard for it she decided to quit because she didn't want to deal with the challenges and she went on to something else but when she shared with me the experiences she was having with these people they were totally disrespectful to her they weren't doing their job effectively and I honestly think she might have been compensated if she would have did things differently as far as with EEO complaints because white folks are getting in trouble (laughs) for mistreating Mm -hmm. black people on the job but we have but this same cousin She's able to curse out another brown black brother sister for any other reason, regardless of money, mm. um, you know, just being impatient on a line of a, of a store and a person skip. She'll curse out another person. But in a professional environment, she don't know how to bring that same energy to correct peers that are not like her. Honey, and meanwhile, I will cuss. Ooh. <laughs> I'll cuss out anybody, too. <laughs> And in the professional, uh, okay, I got you, Sally. All right, I'm right. Yeah. This <laughs> so you have to know how to, like, I'm, yes. I'm well versed. You have to know how to defend yourself in all worlds. It's easy to correct your own, but when you're among other cultures, that automatically make you feel inferior. And I get that feeling because I that feeling overwhelms me sometimes. But because I'm equipped with my ancestral past, because I do research and I know who I am and I know how special I am and I know what's been done to me, I'm able to go through the wave of that inferiority feeling among other cultures and speak my truth and then regain my dignity and my Mm -hmm. strength. But it is a process that you go through because you see how people interact with you and how they speak. It got to a point where I remember I was on a New York city train station carrying my baby and no one would get up. And I stood on that train for two full stops. And I said, fuck this. I said, somebody going to get the fuck up. (laughs) I'm carrying my goddamn baby. I, I was mad. And a few people got up and I sat down and controlled my breathing. But I could have stood there and stayed silent. And I mm-hmm. and, and now I know my outburst probably wasn't the best. I could have maybe done something differently. <laughs> but my spirit was telling me, no, enough is enough. This is ridiculous. So you have to take it's important to take those stands because those aren't those are growth spurts for you. But they're they're also learning and teachable moments for others. And I'm sure. And even like, I'm curious to know at what point, you know, we lost mm-hmm. that courtesy factor, because I was raised with mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised. You know, you see, um, the elderly mm-hmm. struggling. You help them out. You know, you see a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. You give her your seat. You give the elderly your seat. Or you at least offer it to them because sometimes they tell you no but you know but where did we lose that plain courtesy no it's true it's true we it's so many it's so many um but we have to 
get back to tradition. And you're right. I, I really don't know when it started to decline. But it, I guess more with these, me personally, now that we're talking about, I think with the technology, because everybody is so into their phone, they probably didn't even recognize my need. Because everybody is entranced in it. They recognize. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Tell you something. Tell you something. There is folks who in their mind will literally be like, yeah, like, I see the pregnant woman coming and I, yeah. I pretend to go to sleep. Like, people say that. It's true. People tweet about this. People brag about this fucked up mentality. And this is like your own people that you do this to. Or people will say, well, why are you taking the train? Should have chosen a man that had a car. Brother, do you have a car? Is you on the train too? Sister, you on the train too? Like, and being on the train don't mean you don't have a car. So it's like, but why do all of these external factors have so much of a say? The situation is the woman is pregnant. She's on the train. Offer her your fucking seat, period. Yeah. The elderly comes on the train. Offer them your seat. If your ass is young and got good sturdy feet and sturdy legs, yeah. get your ass the and fuck I hate, up. And I hate when they have parents. Pa- when parents have the little kid in the seat, put your child on your lap. So, you um, know, we have to, we have opportunities of growth. And we have to find ways to do better. Um, mm. On that word, before we get to that next word, here goes yes. some Louis Lotus. I've been through changes that I can't explain to you Changing my plans because I'm not a fan of you Man to an animal, locked in my sanity Blocked from humanity, covered in vanity Lord, I need saving, they do not hear what I'm saying If it ain't about money and cause I'm displaying I made it through hate and betrayal From snakes covered up in the clothing of kinfolk I'm locked in my mental, trying to keep up with the laws And commandments considered abandoned Because of my standards, I live by the codes Or the jealousy grows from the ones that was close Who could have known, just know that you read what you sow And I am not sleeping anymore And the beast overthrown, and I am the king of this throne and you cannot ruin my zone i made a change we ain't the same this ain't no game can't mess with lames i made a change we ain't the same this ain't no game Yeah. yeah Say that I love you and never promote you I'm stuck in my carnival ways This is the purge of my flesh Remove everything less No more taking advantage of grace How could I look in your face When I know that I'm sinning I know what you did for me Know what I could have been All of the foolery Demons control of me Still you see more of me How am I worthy of you? Huh I look up I see glory in me Yeah There's a change to the story, homie Yeah, yeah Losing friends is part of the territory Oh uh, this is everything but unordinary 
spoke to my ox and they told me go ahead and move on and continue the mission uh, Gotta move forward until it's all over so I'm working hard in the kitchen Make a decision, either you're hot or you're cold or you're right or you're wrong You still gotta be told, hit me more than I know Either way I still love you until he got both of us home Yeah, Said I would never change, told me that I was never gonna make it <laughs> Wrestling every day, I got a battle between myself and all my demons What is the reason? Due to the lack of my faith and the slack of my pace and the shackles and changing the image portrayed I know I'll never make it to hear you say well done my fellow servants I made a change, I ain't the same This ain't no game, can't mess with lanes I made a change, I ain't the same This ain't no game, And we are back. Yes, that Louis Lotus changed because that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. So yes. you might have to put that in there. Um, now, getting back to this chapter, honey. Now, as I had said in the beginning of the chapter, if you know, well, you know what? Fuck that. As we say every episode, do your own research. You can take information, but you must do your own research. Sister Ali brings up. Um, the the notion like how we will call mm. our supervisor boss. You know, the black man calls boss. The one, you know, the black woman. Oh, this is my boss. This is my boss. Or, or I gotta do this for my boss. My boss. Period. Sister Ali says that boss comes from an old German word, Bozen, or have folks pronounced that, which means to be. Now that struck is interesting to me. So I went to look it up, you know, for my own self. And I wasn't able to find that. Um, I wasn't able to find that at all. Now, what I did find was where it was saying that the origin for the word boss is a Dutch word, boss, or B-A-A-S, mm. meaning master, which, first, which was first used in 1625, which that was more relatable to me as to how you know um the trans the transition from calling the white man who um enslaved us master to boss so but i was not able to find anything that said i'm anything about this german word now that's not to say that that doesn't exist that's just to say that i did my own research and i came to a different conclusion yeah period but all the reason I always feel, stop fucking using that word. These niggas yeah. is not your bosses. Like, and it even made me feel, you know, like how we we use it now. Like, oh, I'm a boss. I'm a boss bitch. Or I'm a boss. He's a boss. He's a boss. You can be a master of your um of your field, sure. But I think we need to really dive into a lot of these words that we use and figure out where they come from and what their origin are because how like messages mean something and how you're portraying to someone else or even to yourself like what are you speaking on to yourself what are you speaking over your life do you really know so with I think that. we need to do better we do. with that period we do um doing better with with business um as in in referring back to employment sister Shavazar says that you know, when the economy is not doing well, that's when and brothers are not able to get jobs. She's saying that this is the time frame that brothers should start going into business for themselves. 
Um, she explains that this is the time where large companies can't give that much attention to the little man um, or the little enterprises. So that's when wholesale goods are lower priced, office space is cheaper, labor rates can be negotiated because there is essentially more opportunity. This is according to Sister Shavazov. And she said that, um, you know, because large companies tend to not respond so quickly um, and they may have um, an issue with slow delivery, that we can compensate that. And she compares us to Chinatown and, and the Hispanic um, um, districts and Asian districts and the Korean districts. And I, I typically don't really appreciate that all because we've had those towns. We had Rosewood. We had um, Black Wall Street. You know, we had even the move mm -hmm. um, in the bombing in 1985 with in, in Philly, where we had a, a, in the area of conscious community, Black-owned, doing everything for ourselves. Um, and they bombed us. So, mm -hmm. it's so not, it's that, not we... that we didn't try. It's not that we didn't, you know, at least put forth an effort and we've done yes. so most so, of the time. you know I and she doesn't mention them at all I was very disheartening of her not mentioning Black Wall Street or mentioning you know when we have gotten together and built the very thing she's saying black men should do the the, the I looked at a documentary recently on Amazon Prime about the um the surviving members of Black Wall Street and they didn't get anything from their lost. Right now, they're just talking about trying to find the bodies that were killed. And, you know, possibly excavating the partial of the land where it all happened. But that's it. And, 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 and the city is not even, haven't even been in agreement to doing that because it's, it's expensive to just excavate portions of the land that you're not even certain that their bodies are. So, you know, I, that's where this this chapter was really hard for me to get through when it got to that point where it was like, you know, she's mentioning all of the opportunities that we do have. But once we collectively try to build side by side, we become a target. And when we mm -hmm. when we get to a level. And we become a target because we we become a threat. Because so. As you said, if they are teaching in these colleges how to sell to us, and the mm -hmm. moment we stop buying, they have to figure out how to, you know, like, fix that problem yeah. for them. So, like, if we redirect our funds to, you know, to our own community, now it's like, hold up, I just lost my biggest consumer. What would I, what would I have to do exactly. to get them back? Oh, blow up they shit. Hmm, sounds rational. Great. Now they don't have nothing to buy and they come yeah. back and spend it. Even the sisters, like, you know, back back into, you know, the certain industries that we monopolize as far as consumers. I know some um, females, black women who are trying to get into the nail technician and they pay high price for their supplies. They're not getting that discounted price mm -hmm. that the Asians sell to each other. They're paying retail prices for a wholesale business. <laughs> where they should be getting wholesale prices. Mm -hmm. They paying damn near retail prices. Now, Sister Chavez said that we should have more faith in each other, which I thought is a good idea, where all the nail technicians, for example, in the town 
come together with their money and buy a huge wholesale package. But then it goes back into the like mind. Mm -hmm. We're so fragmented in thought because we weren't taught the same information. And we weren't taught the same information of trusting each other, code of ethic, code of conduct, how we perceive one another. You have the Jamaicans not liking the 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 Bayesians or the, the Caribbean folk not liking American black. So you ha- we have so many disfranchisements within our culture and our standpoint. It takes a lot of work for us to see each other as one, to even be able to trust each other to do a large mm-hmm. purchase like that together. But since it's Travis Scott's idea on that, it makes sense. And it's not, it, it is is not, I think it's worthy of a try if you are in an industry where you need supplies, but it's expensive to buy on your own, to start reaching out to other people, your competitors, and draft a proposal and say, hey, how about the eight of us get together and buy these these supplies that we need as a whole and, and you know, and just share and distribute evenly versus me just trying to come up with the money myself and maybe have excess of materials I don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Shereza, she compares the black man again with Europeans' um, approach. Yeah, this chapter had me kind of like, what's yeah. this damn comparison? And then even so, she'll mention like, oh well, you know the Asians, you know they um they had some trials and um tribulations that they had to go through too. But it wasn't nothing compared to what we went through. Like, what? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. But she did, to, to pull from what we can use, she said that Europeans are masters at setting agendas and that they teach their children how to preserve mm-hmm. their culture. So their sons and daughters, they learn about white code of ethic and white code of conduct and how to move forward. She t- They teach that. And she said that in the black community, however, um, to be monolithic is, well, we pride ourselves in being different. I think we should define the word monolithic because she uses this word um, a lot in this chapter to describe the black man's stance and why he's not doing good. So monolithic means, is an adjective. And it means formed of a single large block of stone. So something that is firm and stone-like. And she says that the black man is not that. That he has his ideas, but he, he can be swayed into different... <laughs> I mean, and that goes wind. to the sellout thing. <laughs> the wind blew a little bit that way. It's like, all right, yeah, mm-hmm, I can see it like that. Oh, oh, oh mm-hmm. exactly. I can see it like Especially that Especially when it comes to, like... I. I expect my black children to have a mate or or raise a child or have a family with another black counterpart. So if my black daughter should have a black black husband, my black son should have a black wife. That is my mm-hmm. expectation because I want my grandchildren to look like me. That's my monolithic approach. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that in society today that's considered hatred? Oh, you're against the LGBTQ. And it's only hatred when <laughs> And we it's do like, it. no, I'm not against the LGBTQ. The coin is only flipped to the other side. No, it's true. 
Well, it's true. It. It's 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 a problem. I think I remember what Sister Oh Shavazad said when, um, in one of her lectures, she said when we were having children out of wedlock, they were called bastard children, and you know, and then when a white woman started doing it, it's single parenting. <laughs> they changed the word she said for it's a suit thumb we have to start changing some of our words and some of our approaches and be stern I think it's okay to tell your children what your expectations are now they're going to be who they want to be because you're not their only influence however mm-hmm. at least give them some a stance you have some adults speaking on their childhood as if no one has ever in- gave them any instruction. It will just be who you want to be. So, mm-hmm. um, Sister Sharazai, she pretty much says that, you know, this fact alone is one of the reasons the black man has not risen to his full economic capability. And I agree with that. We're too a utopia and kumbaya when it comes to business. Everybody can be a part of it. When are we going mm-hmm. to become more... And everybody has a role. Now, your role may not be CEO. Your role may not be, like, whatever. But it's like, why do you get so caught up in the title? If you know that your strengths lie in one area, be and the stop best selling out to other cultures. Be. Because um, I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember um, my... I, w- I was attending this realtor group, and one of the brothers was saying how he wanted to buy multi, uh, d- multiple dwelling unit where it had about six to 10 units. It was a huge complex and he wanted to buy it so he can rent it out and, you know, flip it however way. And he offered a lot of, he, o- he offered more money than it was actually worth, but they wouldn't sell it to him, would not sell it to him. And he said a few mm-hmm. years later, he looked back into the same project that he was trying to, pur- the development he was trying to purchase and found out that it was sold for less, but it was sold for less for a white family. Mm-hmm. So you have people out there, the people that we're competing against, who will choose to uplift their own before they uplift another, even if at a lower cost. And we has although mm-hmm. race should not be something that we abide to because of the destruction that was done to the black woman and child and man, we should favor and give them some extra survival ability because they are us. We're responsible for each other. It's not that, you know, I don't want the best to happen to, you know, the the Hispanic or the Asian or any other culture, but I'm a black woman and I have a black child. I want my child to do well in order for my black child to do well. I have to help other black families. I got into a car accident recently and the sister didn't have no insurance. I didn't fight her through the the system. All you gonna Mm -hmm. have to get insurance. I end up going through my insurance and just made sure she paid my my deductible. Because I understand Mm -hmm. that she's struggling and she's trying. We have to start being more kind to each other. And I'm hoping and praying that she pay it forward. Since I I share that level of kindness, she'll share it with someone else. So Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. we have a lot of work to do, as we already know. But um, we have to become more stone-like in our approach with life. And 
Sister Shavazar said that our biggest plight or problem, another problem is that we're repeatedly trying to mold ourselves into images that are not us. And, mm. and because we don't realize that we are at the bottom and everybody knows it. <laughs> no matter what we, you know, the, the image we try to portray, especially when you have the brothers and sisters that have the Range Rovers in front of a um, project building. Honey, honey, honey. You know, honey. We, we, we're we mismanaging our funds and we don't have a, a concrete approach. And- but you know what? To that, so while I disagree with that lifestyle, I will speak on oh, how yeah. easy it is That's to do that. Because if they had real bills, right they wouldn't that. have no goddamn range. Because that, the, 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 those reparations of cheap rent it it kind it enabled some black families and not wanting to, to yeah, want to stay because those problems. those programs they don't reward you for working they reward you for not trying mm-hmm. if you maintain a, a, a habit some mm-hmm. kind of substance abuse you'll continue if you be, if you decide to be violent in your family have a domestic violence case and be an alcoholic they'll pay your rent and give you food stamps Mm. <laughs> if you in college and you struggling mm. to work and pay for and take care of your kids and you don't have none of them issues, you can barely get you you can't get anything. You can't get shit. You can barely get an appointment. They look at your application yeah. and be like, mm. and then you got they ain't gonna qualify. Did not. Yeah. They only want to talk to you. So you know, <laughs> Sister Shavazar said, outside of using government resources, the black man. Um, and I'll even include woman and child, we are not taught basic survival skills or the psychologic, um, psychological impact it has on us not being able to provide basic needs. Like there is something we should have control over, even if mm-hmm. it's the consumption of food or water. We should be able to have something that we need and be able to manufacture it and get it ourselves without governmental support. And currently, we don't. We are a complete, a hundred percent, in need of the system to take care of us. And she said, and she said that you know, unlike she reminds us again that uh, most of the welfare programs tend to harm the black man in the process of getting these type of governmental assistance. For example, they don't want the black man in the house. Or currently now, what I know in New York to get Section Eight, you have to say that the black man is beating on you, and essentially he can't be living with you because, you know. So they remove him. But she mm. said that the welfare program for the white families typically allow the husband or father to stay in the house. So the rules change for them. So she shows the difference. Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, and that's it. I mean. When you think about how the system is built as it should, yeah. it's a day system. They built it for them. They didn't build it no. um, to benefit nobody else. Especially not to benefit us. They brought us over here for their benefit. Period. So it's like, I don't know how we damn come to a point where we overthrow. I don't, I don't know. And, you know. She but, speak on the Reagan era. Now yeah. I need to. I was told to learn more about the Reagan era too, as far as the shift of economics, because she said after the Reagan era, um, the redistribution of of 
of wealth for the African-American has changed or for the Blacks, um, where Black families was dependable on income, hospitalization, life insurance, and retirement benefits that all vanished. Um, many of them became unemployed and instead received benefits, food stamps, and welfare. And I heard that, that Reagan, I, I don't recall it to speak on it, but that is some research to do um, about it. There's also, mm -hmm. I would share, because I was listening to um, Economic Advancement on Clubhouse, where I have a few of my friends that, you know, and this is this all goes back to intention. If you want more, you have to align your thoughts to wanting more. I have a few friends like, oh, Clubhouse is ratchet. I'm like, I haven't found a ratchet club <laughs> yet. Right, because you don't have to go in those rooms. <laughs> like, the rooms are titled, you know, a certain way. If you go into a room that's titled with some ratchet mess, <laughs> you're going to get that ratchet mess. But you don't have to go into that room. You can go down to the bottom, hit explore, and keep scrolling until you get to something that aligns more yes. with what you want. It is important to try of. to do that. Because I was like, what, 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 am I missing anything? Um, but they they said to look into um, Japanese candlestick, um, XRP, and Ripple, the difference between the two. I yes. mean, I own Ripple. I'm, I've, been, I've been buying Ripple for a while now. Also, too, um, XLM, the Stellar Lumen. Is, so we, these are the things we got to start getting serious about what we're doing, what we're talking about. You know, these are the... But don't just buy yeah. it because we're telling you, do research. Like, don't just buy into the hype. Do research. Like, this doggy coin, hype. Hype, yeah, hype, it is a hype, hype on hype, it, but hype, I did hype. buy a little bit of that just in case. A little bit. <laughs> yes. But it serves no real purpose. I mean, so if you want, you know, when it pumps, handle your business, but handle yeah. your business before it dumps. Exactly. That's all I'm saying about that. Handle your, and these are the conversations we need to have with each other more so. Um, so there were some more notes, but I, I'll, when we do our reviews, I'll, I'll share because I'm not finding it now. But um, Sister Charizard, in a nutshell, is just talking about our quicksand lifestyle compared to all other cultures. Everybody else seemed to have it together. And of course, the black man don't have it together. But people don't take into account that what has been done to us is different because we were imported here. Mm -hmm. and we don't have no and with the knowledge of our land culture resources was stripped from us where these people who come these other cultures they come from their prior land here they're able to go back home or get resources from home because they have that memory intact and their families weren't destroyed in the process so they destroyed our families they removed our memory and now we're Frankenstein trying to reclaim our past and work on our future all at the same time. Nobody's dealing with that plight outside of us. Mm -hmm. So there we're no comparison. And I get um that's why this this chapter is a bit annoying to me to a degree, because she compares us as if we're equal to anyone else. And we're not. What has been done to us has never mm -hmm. been to anybody done to any other groups of people. And our story is is barely heard. And we still haven't been compensated. 
and I don't think we ever will be in 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 full. But she says that our quick stand lifestyle mm -hmm. is dealt with our um, ability of well, our inability to actually identify that buying items and things to feel good doesn't pro provide financial security in the future. And that, you know, the four main ca categories that we spend our money on is clothes, specialty cars, restaurants, sports, and entertainment. And we provide free advertisement for mm -hmm. these industries. Honey, every time you um, take a picture yeah. of your meal and post it. And, and she said, I like what she said that um, when we go out and buy something, you know, we, we go there, we go to the European stores or all other cultures and buy their stuff. And then after we leave the store, um, our, our politics <laughs> and not come back, you know, we have, we have amnesia, you <laughs> know, our amnesia up. phase once we leave the store. Once we're in the store, we're fully not aware of politics and black pride and, and social injustice and, and all of the financial issues that we have as a group. Um, we, we make reason to buy those things. And that is a big problem. I, I personally mm. do not agree with spending, dropping um, stacks on Chanel bags and Louis Vuitton bags. I don't see it. I don't care if you even have the money for it. Why is mm -hmm. that still a value to you? And my own peers that I love yeah. and that make good money still feel the need to buy the Gucci wallet. The Gucci bag, and she's sister, and, and that's to show that our brothers and sisters, even though, and no matter how much Gucci don't look comes like us out with shit that says nigga, we don't want yeah. you, we don't like you, like just even that whole thing with the monkey and the blackface, you know, that was intentional. You think because they apologize that it's okay, like. I have a, a damn PR degree. That shit was intentional. It went through several hands before yeah. that shit got approved. And that's a like, there's no way that somebody is going to, you know, do something to really ruin their brand. They did it intentionally and then came back, snatched it down, let you see it long enough so you can see it, be offended. Now we're going to apologize. And that's the direct I'm just talking about even like the basic magazines. You look at their high fashion magazines, you don't see us. Honey. At all. Not the American mm -hmm. black. You may see some exotic um, sister or brother that they pulled off from the continent of Africa. And that's, you know, very blue black chocolate, which is beautiful, but it doesn't resemble us. And mm -hmm. they don't feature none of us. How we rock Louis, how we rock Gucci. They don't show our style in doing so. They don't showcase us at all. Mm -hmm. And we keep buying their stuff. I don't get it. I hate that. We keep buying their stuff. We keep, you know, reciting their stuff in lyrics. Like, oh, you haven't made it if you can't afford this whatever fucking European brand. And it's So like, we're brainwashed. Oh, and um, again, this brother, he has an excellent book. His name is Tom Burrell. He was a, I believe he was the CEO or president of Burrell Advertising. Um, I'll 
let me just confirm that. But Tom Burrell wrote the book called Brainwash, and he pretty much explains what Kahawia just shared, that those PR tactics, when they disrespect us in ways when they're showing us as a monkey or big-lipped or wide-eyed or however way they come across in making the Black race inferior, that is not by accident. It's by choice. And they and mm -hmm. I and I feel they do that as a test run to see what our response will be. And when they see that nothing changes in on the sales mm -hmm. chart, it's like these blacks are still just dumb. Nope. Because it'd be the same black folk on Twitter, on Instagram, complaining about these things and then be right in line yeah. for the next day yep. Gucci bag. Or still be trying to buy the original one. Or, you know, be like, well, I have one. I get it. Okay, you have one. You spend all that money on it. You can sell that shit, too. Yeah. You can resell it. And she said the and black man, you don't have to he doesn't it. mind paying ceiling prices for items. Because it makes them feel good. Honey. And that he does mm -hmm. not ever want mm -hmm. anyone to think that he is mediocre in his taste or unable to afford something. But you go to his house, he ain't got yeah. no food in his damn refrigerator. And that's and that's our issue. You got brothers that have, like you said, no no food in their refrigerator. Or they eat what what I hate, and I saw this the other day. I wanna I saw a or Bentley. They eat terrible food. Bentley drive through at McDonald's. I said, Are you serious? <laughs> it's mm. like you gonna pick up and eat shit. Honey. Yeah, you have the money. To eat well, spoiling the exterior and giving nothing for the interior. But you know what? They probably don't have the money to eat well. That's the thing. They spend all their money on the exterior, but they don't have money now for their interior. So if you drop fifty thousand yeah. dollars on this car, right? And you might not have dropped it because okay. So say your car note is a thousand dollars. Your car note is a thousand dollars. You figuring out what well, damn how I'm gonna pay that is true. Good thing I ran fifty dollars. Because I wouldn't be able to have this. <laughs> you know, like so if you that is if you true. figure well damn I ain't eat today. I don't I'm I'm after I pay my car note and my little rent, damn, I don't really have ain't got five dollars over, but I can get them ten big Macs for five dollars. Shit, I can stretch that through the week. We have to and train like, our babies oh, and, and me gosh. being a mom, mm -hmm. I realize what my job is the more I do the research and see that I have to encourage my children to see value and skills and longevity versus in items and things at the time. Because my kids will get so obsessed with a toy and then once they have that toy, the thr the thrill is gone. It's like the toy becomes in a corner somewhere and I'm like mm -hmm. a month ago this is all you ever wanted <laughs> and now you have it and you don't even use it you know how much mm -hmm. money was spent on this so I'm constantly figuring out ways to help them understand the real value of where you should place your money and how you should hold on to it before you spend it because our babies again when we in, in, in the black culture community mm -hmm. you give a child a dollar what you gonna get what you gonna buy with your dollar why you don't give the baby boy or girl a dollar and say, how much money now do you have saved? That should be the ongoing terminology. How much money you have now? And it should, the money should be going up. It shouldn't, well, I had $10, $20. Mm -hmm. I remember I was working in Jackson Heights um, 
in Queens and I was working in a school with completely Asian children. It was Asian and Indian children. And I mean, teaching them was a thrill because they wanted to learn. They sat, I mean, I had a few that did not care to learn, but with my, you know, enforcement of them doing, and it wasn't a strong enforcement, it just being stern in class, they got in tuned as well. But we had a conversation as to how much money they had saved. And these children were speaking in the thousands. Well, I have 5,000 saved. I have 6,000 saved. Mm. I've been saving up to 8,000. You know, and I'm like, wow. Compare that to our babies. They happy if they find a quarter. Mm-hmm. And they find it. And they find that quarter and take it right to the goddamn store. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting me some chips. Oh, but if I get two pieces of candy, I can get something else. Uh-huh. So and then when you see the children, when I see our children in the store, they just give the money to the clerk. They don't even count anymore. Don't even count anymore. Honey, don't even count. And I know, you know, most of us is failing at counting because of everything being digital. Digital. We're turning into a cashless society. You know. Bullshit. Let me tell you something. I say that because. Mm-hmm. You figure the drug dealer, right? The drug dealer can count like a motherfucker. He can mm. do accounting. He can take inventory. He can, you know, create his customer base. He know how to sell to his customer base. So it's not that you don't have the skill. Yeah, well, some of You're us, some of us really don't skill. know how to count. You got grown. And, and it's honey, sad because you're speaking you, from a child that was educated. Your girl, mom made sure you you learned those basic reading and writing skills and math skills but you yeah. have some grown folk that don't know how to count and i've witnessed that on a on a cashier line giving them change and i'll give them you know like my my meal can be nine dollars and ten cents so i'll give ten dollars a ten dollar bill in ten cents so i can get a case dollar back and they, <laughs> they yeah, like looking at me thanks <laughs> hon you right they be like look yeah, <laughs> why you ain't do this before? I damn like, ring it up. <laughs> now I gotta count and figure it know, out, and I feel like just give me the damn so dollar. Right. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but we, you know, we have those issues. You know, yeah. we're not trained, but it is a problem. Um, if financial literacy is a problem, or you have the person that's like, no, I'm not taking your attention. Yeah. I'm already. Ring it, yeah, because now their pride is in the way. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, you're not gonna have me feeling stupid at work. You're gonna take what I give you and get off my damn line. (laughs) I don't deal with you no more. Uh, but Sister Shabazz, she says that you know, the black man he has a responsibility to try to take responsibility of his own needs and desires, and that he's being gained every time he thinks that he needs to rely on a different culture or the government to supply his needs and that he has to tap back into self. Now, again, I don't agree with Sister Sherazade because we've done this and it was backlashed. And I don't know if I, we said this online or offline, but we were talking about this earlier. I remember um, I lived in a Hispanic community in the South Bronx and it was a black brother who opened up his business and it was a really nice shop um, the way he had it set up. But he had a hard time getting supplies. And most of the supplies that he was able to afford and put on his shelf, they were cheap. So even though I patronized him and went there and, you know, bought his material, I hated to go because 
I oftentimes did not go after failed purchases because I would buy Q-tips and they would bend as immediately as I put it in my ear. Or the tape wouldn't actually have any adhesiveness to it mm-hmm. to actually do the job. Everything was so low quality. But in speaking with him, he said this is all he could afford. He ended up closing up shop a year after. He wasn't able to maintain. Now, that could have been poor, poor business management in, in his case. But I know myself, just trying to be an entrepreneur, going into these places to get information, is no welcome arms. So the people who are successful in their right as a black business, oftentimes if you look in deep, it ain't just them. Somebody white is helping. Or somebody from another culture is helping. So we've never been able, when we were able to do black everything, we've been destroyed. So it's not just simply us not wanting Mm -hmm. to. It's how do you counteract the 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 attack that's going to occur once you start to flourish or become proactive in your in your field so it's 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 a lot to deal with and it's still a lot to research um black i said black child i'm thinking of black child production or maybe we need to do what they do find a country that's gonna um give them resources when they come to it and we go over there and we (laughs) Um, find a country um, whose government is going to give us resources when we um, you know come over there for citizenship because they come over here they I don't know um, if it's the same now but years ago they would give them seven years of no taxes so that they would be able to come over here and build business and not have to pay taxes on that business for seven years like those of you know those are the things that they are afforded that right don't and I don't know what our plan us. is, but we definitely want to start doing some research on it because the black man and family, we are a hundred percent consumers here, and I think we're forced to just be that in this country. <laughs> they don't allow us to be anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. And again, if you have not heard of Black Wall Street, Rosewood, or um the move, you should look into that those stories because they were terrifying to blacks to get into business and 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 you already know about our leaders that were killed they damn near killed everybody from the 1960s that was trying to do trying to make some moves for the black race so um do do the research on that she does remind us if we did not have um what I'm saying, if we didn't have all of these attacks against us, this is how we are supposed to operate. She says that the black man, they shouldn't be shopping at so many different stores um, for their needs and services. They should only shop black owned. But you know that black owned businesses, we're fragments. We're all over the place. We don't have a one-stop shop for everything. You have to go to this place for this, this place mm-hmm. for that. And it's normally across the country <laughs> from each other, unless you want to buy everything offline. Um, she said that the three there are three questions that the black man should ask the Asian where do they get their food from since they really shop in the white man's store where do they get their clothes from since they do not shop in white man's clothing store how and what rules do they follow that enable them to live so closely together in the same house without fighting or killing one another every Friday or Saturday night and I just thought 
Yeah. And that's if you can even get them to answer that because they don't give you no damn information. They don't even want to talk to you. When you come to their establishment um, to patron, they fucking talk to you like, like hurry up and no buy. Respect. Like, that is the yeah. mentality. So I don't like how she raised the Asian chat. community up in this chapter as if they are the example and we should be able to do exactly what they have done when they are not targeted as we are. And they have China. Yes, exactly. As a backing. That's where the fuck they get their food from. Where everybody they, else get their food from. And they have family like, members that still live in China that's able to buy all of their products and stuff for cheap and then send it to them into the Americas. We don't have mm-hmm. that hookup mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, it's so good. Nope. Uh, and where they get their clothes from, they making them. And they yeah. sweatshops. What you mean? I wasn't feeling half of this shot. Yeah, she I also said that. that, you know, our brother's fractured ego, it strictly doesn't allow him or propel him to want to work in a way where he can become self-independent. And I'm, that is true. Because if you're not motivated or if you don't have enthusiasm or joy or happiness that you... I mean, among the chaos, if you can't find that enthusiasm and that joy within self, it is hard to work and propel yourself to do something different from being just sad and and wallowing in Mm -hmm. your fears and sorrows. There's an excellent movie called Sankofa. Um, And Sankofa, it means, well, I think you can get the the movie off YouTube. It was free um, on YouTube. Um, and it pretty much is a taboo word. It means to fetch what is at risk of being left behind. And um, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. symbol. It's like a bird like pecking its back with a small ball in its mouth. It's a beautiful, beautiful meaning. And the the YouTube movie is outstanding. It puts you, it, it puts you in the mood of roots. So when you sit down for it, be prepared to go through some type of emotional trauma because they do show you slavery but there's one of the characters in the movie and it's an older sister who was enslaved but she had her historical memory intact she wasn't the brother and sister that was um in chattel slavery where they was bred so much that they didn't know anything about their land language or where they came from they just only know the life of being a slave this older lady she knew where she came from she still spoke her language and anytime the um white man would do something to destroy her and her people on the plantation she would bring so much joy into her into her her fight and how she combated him and it's an excellent movie oh man it is you have to look at it it's um it's on youtube Mm -hmm. for free i'm looking at it now on youtube it's a two-hour movie um well hold on let me make sure it's on youtube because it used to be on youtube but please check it out um sankofa let's see if this is it because they have so many different Sankofas. Um, now they have like plays and stuff. But it's the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, an, it's in 1993 it was created. 
and they have it broken up in different um, clips, unfortunately, but you can still see the full movie. It's about an hour and 30 minutes long, but it's, it's, um, it's on point. So, um, Sister Shabazad, she goes from, you know, saying how we do feel defeated and to, to have business and on the level of how the other cultures have their little communities of business. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing she does say about that, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, before you go to that point, she says no business is fail safe on the first day or during the first few years. So I want us to remember that as we are starting our businesses and working our businesses, like you're going to have some error and that's okay. Like we're not going to get it right the first day. We're not going to get it right um, in the first few years, like she says. And even if your first few years is five years, that's okay too. We are starting from scratch. We not starting from, you know, the, um, the position that some of these other people are starting from. So we can't compare you know, everything that we do to how they do. They starting from a whole different level of scratch. They scratch is at the motherfucking surface. How <laughs> scratch is like starting yeah. from, you know. Very true nowhere, indeed. Basically. And unfortunately, they did remove the movie. It used to be a full, you want to see segments of it, but if you want to see it, you may have to purchase it. Because it used to be the full movie on um online i'm not seeing it on youtube unless you constantly play with the different searches but you're right it's not it's not easy you're you are going to fail in the beginning don't think that you you know don't give up there keep trying for it um because they train you they say and oftentimes Mm -hmm. in business the first three years you don't make a profit you kind of just keep feeding the business and trying to get it on his on his feet, um, but there is a business that we tend to do well in. And she said the street vendors, or just vendors. She said, you know, we we do still we're out there making money in our you know out of our cars or vans or trucks or buses with oils, incense, artwork, clothes, hats, shoes, um, expertly handcrafted leather goods, designer quality handcrafted jewelry. Um, records, fabrics, t-shirts, dolls, books, tapes, records, buttons, hair records, excuse me, hair products, <laughs> um, cosmetics, and, you know, food, of course, <laughs> and a whole bunch of different, different ethnic goods. Um, and she said that we do, you know, it is hard for vendors because they're battling, you know, bad weather, poor sales, licenses and taxes by traveling in different places, long hours, she said, but there is um, a sense of, you know, of pride th- these business owners have because they're able to interact with their community and they're making money daily. Um, however, she said that, again, our brothers and sisters who patronize sometimes come to destroy. They're looking for special deals. They're haggling prices or they're straight up stealing from the vendors. And that mm-hmm. um, she said that, you know, black organizations, they tend to, you know, have hefty fees sometimes when they're running out their booths or running out their table or spaces at conferences. And that, um, you know, it's, it's not it's not a business that is totally um, easy to get into, but this is what we practice now. 
um, excuse me, it is easy to get into, but it is mm-hmm. hard. There is a hardship in, in profiting, and there are a lot of obstacles um, in the process. So, you know, she did mention before, too, that, you know, we tend, and I've seen this, that, you know, Black organizations will have our huge conferences, but unfortunately, we don't have our own convention centers. So we'll talk about Black economics, but we're at the Marriott Hotel. Um, So <laughs> we're just like, we're fragmented. And we paid a, a um, we do we a do pretty, pay a pretty penny, and <laughs> it goes back to you know if we have fragmented thoughts, a fragmented culture, fragmented code of ethics, behavior patterns of you know longevity, or just being a cohesive unit. Well, why why expect us to be so well versed in business if we're so fragmented on the on the basic level of family and structure? So it's like it goes back to family. If we don't fine tune our home and how we function and routinely move on a daily basis, I can see what we manifest into reality, why it is not, you know, relating to the desire is relating to our reality. Our reality is all over the place. So our business structure is all over the place. So I, I mean, Sister Sharazar, she, I mean, she, she keeps going on and on about um, our black brothers, you know, just not doing right by each other. And then she ends off the chapter, which really pissed me off, is that brothers don't want to pay child support. Now, I am not with the child support situation because the brothers that she speak on are brothers who totally abandon their children don't want to be a part of their children's lives and they're just gone. Now, I don't know those brothers she's speaking of. I know many of brothers on child support that don't even get to see their kid. They don't get to see their child. Then child support, how dare you garnish a brother's paycheck to a point where he can't even provide for himself anymore. A mother does not need $1,500 a month to take care of two children. If she's working too. So, you know, it, it, some of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the amount of money they're telling brothers to work, you can see why they don't, they choose not to work. It's like, I'm not going to work to make $200. <laughs> I agree. But I think she's placing it more on him, you know, that he should want. So that is true. because she does say, why has somebody take you to court? It's like, if you don't put that foot towards running away from but I see the brothers that's in my the consequence wouldn't happen now I don't think that should be the consequence however you know she does kind of she does but, what, but see my experience the brothers in my life they they're put on child support as soon as the relationship is over it ain't got nothing to do about whether they willing to take care they want to mm-hmm. take care of their kids and see their children but the mother won't allow it. And that's the part. And that's why but I don't think she's talking to them, because... though. She's talking to the brother who takes no pride in knowing that they have a child somewhere and that they're not taken care of. And I can relate to that. My father, <laughs> honey, whew, we've come to, you know, some agreement where I, um, I still honor my father. I still respect my father for the man that he is and not the man that he wasn't. However, there are men who, you know, 
yeah, I had that baby. No, so you're like, right. Like there are those people too. Yeah. So I, and I, I think I guess that's who she's that's true. Because remember, she's talking on the worst part of us. Um. So yeah, those brothers, no one should. Have- she's talking about the brother who, who don't take care of his own kids, but then get with a woman who has kids and then, um, take care of her kids or take care of the kids that he has with her, but not the kids that he has prior. She's talking about the brother who, you know, just laying seed everywhere. No, he got kids somewhere, but he's not concerned with them. There are brothers who are like that. Plenty of them. That is very true. Now, it's an unfortunate reality for the brothers who want to be in their child's life and can't. Yes. That's a different page. So that's how she ends off the chapter, you know, just reminding brothers how dare you say you don't have money to take care of your child, but you, you're dressed in the finest of clothes. And only way we um, the mother can get you to take care of your child is by going through the system to um, get to seek child support. Mm-hmm. And she does say it's not even just about the money. Yes. You're denying your child your time. And that masculine well. energy is needed. Because without it, you're seeing how most of our boys are turning into girls. And our girls are turning into boys because there's not a balance of feminine and masculine energy in the home. That doesn't apply to everybody because I was off. um, My mother single-handedly raised me. But my father, um, even even though he wasn't in a household, not by choice, he passed when I was early, um, when I was young in age. I still, all the women in my life, they had men and desired men, so I desired men. But I have a cousin who most of the women in her life practice mm. homosexuality. Um, her mom wasn't, but her aunties were all lesbians, and now she is in that lifestyle. So, you know, children do follow what they see. Yeah, and what's going to be accepted within the family too. Sometimes they stray away from, regardless of what family thing says or do, but oftentimes you do model after what you see. So that was pretty it for chapter Mm -hmm. um, six, which was not an easy read for me. I didn't enjoy chapter um, six at all because I, I do, I know that our brothers need to control their spending most definitely they need to get more serious with their children and taking over Mm -hmm. um their kids far as making sure their young boys have some type of employment or they're working for a family business not just playing video games all day like instilling that type of self-pride of of buying things or excuse me of owning things that suit their needs and learning how to manufacture like all of that makes sense but when she goes in to compare our culture to other cultures as if, mm-hmm. well, if they can do it, why can't we? We have. And what happened? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. it for Chapter 6 unless you have something else. Honey, nope. I think I said <laughs> I've added my tidbit. Okay. We are going on to Chapter So, um, chapter we are seven. going Recreation. So we're going to chapter seven, um, recreation. The next time we come back, that's from page 113 to, let's see. What's a shorter chapter looks like? This is, this is not long at all. So because it's so short, 
Do you want to do chapter seven and eight together or still separate? Keep it separate. Girl, we keep it separate. Because, listen, just That's because the chapter be short don't mean we don't still be talking for an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, we still have other things, you know, like it can be short in pages, but, you know, the information may yes. still be as heavy. Okay, so then we can, um, that'll be the next chapter that we have and remember brothers and sisters because i am so upset that this video was no longer available online the full movie um but sankofa they have so many different sankofa movies the one that i'm referring to again is from 1993 sankofa so if you want to check it out you may have to buy the movie um, or for Amazon or, you know, with your with your searches online, I'm sure you may be able to come across even an online copy. But it is something that I feel every child should see. And I'm glad I'm being reminded to watch this because this is, this is more for a high school level um, child. So something that I'm, I'm going to put my little cousins onto. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yes. We hope you, you brothers and sisters are doing well. We appreciate you you listening to us. And please reach out. If we're saying something that makes no sense or you feel that we're wrong in our approach, please share because we'd like to be corrected. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is... Yes. Yeah. We like to say, and I was like wrong, actually. <laughs> it could be this. So... Don't think mm -hmm. that that's something that we are totally against. We're actually looking more for that than for those to just be in full agreement to what we say. Mm -hmm. So, no further ado, later, y'all. We done made a habit flipping nothing in the sun. Triple every dollar, dog, I put that on my mama. Ooh, I think they like me cause I talk about my commas. If I had to do it to it, I'd be frontline with the llama. So I suggest you act right or get left, uh. Kill him with the baseline, treble clef, uh. Put it in the stocking, then we ship it overseas. And when that Fetty came back, it was more than what we needed. So I suggest you play your part and get it to him, what we doing? Judah is the tribe that nappy head is super duper. If you ain't rolling with us, then a ticket you against us. And you better keep your cool and keep it moving. Hope you're listening. Let me break it down for a second. Wait, wait. You and I are not the same. Split the cake and my lady mode alone is supposed to snakes. Uh, don't know why they hit me. I'm just trying to elevate the piece of love, but don't mistake it. If you got it, get it. Shake it, nigga. This is what you want. Hey, we can get into it if you're trying to build your work. I can put you in direct connection with the plug. Getting yeah, yeah, yeah. you need it until I put you on. Uh, let me break it down for a second, wait, wait, you and I are not the same, split the cake and I'll let him hold it on his clothes stance, uh, don't know why they hit me, I'm just trying to elevate the peace and love, but don't mistake it, if you got it, get it, shake it, nigga, <laughs> Louis, Lotus, I don't love you as hard as I do because I'm lonely. I love you so hard because I'm ready. Ready to love you in ways that'll show you I've grown into a woman capable of loving who you are. Ready to be enthused about being focused. Ready to bring forth life 
and peace in an effort to soothe chaos. I love you so hard because there's no other way to tend to your heart. No other way to nourish your soul than to feed it with the passion rooted deeply within me. My love, I'm ready.